in my life, I try not to be divisive. Sometimes as a mayor, that's just going to happen. But I've tried, especially in this election season, for example, I've just said, I may be divisive without trying to be. So sometimes I'm just not going to weigh in. I'm going to hold back a little bit because I want our community to be whole. You know, they're going to disagree, but hopefully we can, like we said, disagree better. We can respect people. I mean, there's so many things that have happened just in 2020 that cause people, you know, to struggle. This is Jeff Birmingham. Thank you for joining the Us podcast. Let me remind you the purpose of the podcast. What can we learn from each other? I believe that almost everyone is trying their very best. Another purpose of the podcast is to eradicate fear. Too often we let mistakes of the past and concern for an unknown future cloud our judgment and help us make bad decisions. Lastly, this is apropos considering the environment we're living in, considering that the election was last week and maybe still isn't completely decided the presidential election, but we're a lot more alike than we are different. No matter our differences, and we have significant differences, we are all a lot more alike than we are different. And so these are the stories of people that you may or may not have heard of here in the great state of Utah, making things happen Uh, This was inspired largely by my run for governor, and one of the great people that I met while running for governor lives in and leads in the most exciting city in Utah, I think, St. George, Utah. Mayor John Pike, thank you for coming on today. Well, thank you, Jeff. It's a privilege. I I was thrilled to be asked to do this. Well, yeah, I'm excited to have you and excited to talk about the future of St. George. Sure. So um, let me give you a little bit of background about Mayor Pike and our relationship, and then we'll just get into it. So uh, Mayor Pike grew up in Salt Lake City, I believe. That's right. When did you move down here to St. George? 25 years ago. So 1995. That was one of the peaks growth years down here in terms of percentage. I was one wow. of the problem children, you know, that, <laughs> that, that grew, <laughs> grew up up there, moved down here and, and, uh, and it was, you know, it was great. We moved down here, uh, with Intermountain Healthcare for a, for a new position that was exciting to me. And I thought, Hey, I'll come down here for, you know, three to five years and kind of, you know, get some experience in a, a management position with select health uh, as the division I work for. And then, you know, we'll go back to Salt Lake. Yeah. Never and, made it back. <laughs> <laughs> 25 That's kind years of the later. story of St. George's growth, it isn't is. it? It is. And so we've loved it here and still, you know, still do, of course. And we've had a few opportunities, you know how that goes, to, yeah. to sometimes uh, go elsewhere or go back. Uh, um, and, you know, my families, they grew up, we have five children, all out of the house now except one. But um, they just said, well, Dad, why? Why would we go back? And, okay, you can go, but... Can we're we stay here? here. <laughs> so you came for a job opportunity. I did. But yeah. and kind of stayed for the sun or what, what, you know, what's, you know, I, I grew up in the East Mill Creek area of Salt Lake. That's a beautiful place. It, it is. And so when I, when we came here, what I kind of found here was the same kind of place that I grew up in, Got you know, it. a neighborhood, a community, uh, a place where you could, you know, turn your kids loose. Yeah. You know, you remember growing oh, yeah. up, Jeff, I'm yeah. sure a uh, similar time, maybe to me and um and you just you know uh, especially when school was out you, you know your mother would you might have a little bit of structure but you'd 
they'd turn you loose and yep. hey, be home for dinner. At, you know, when it gets dark, you better be home, you <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. that kind of thing. But we grew up in a great place of, of gullies and creeks and, and fields and, and huts and forts and tree houses. And that's what I kind of found here yeah. with my, for my kids. And we just thought, why would we leave this? Good schools, you know, just a, awesome. and, and a different climate, obviously. Yeah. So it was kind of, we, we thought we had a choice um when we moved down here to kind of set my my job to be either in cedar or saint george and we thought well let's do saint george because it's just it's different you know yeah. it's the it's more of a kind of a, not really a resort community but kind of yeah and so let's do that we've always visited saint george as a an extended family my my you know family my siblings my parents my grandparents we came through here just like so many on our way to southern california so it was kind of we just thought how how awesome let's just yeah. try this and and we just found a great community and and interestingly and i'm sure we'll get into this more but one of the things i found was if if you want to do something in saint george if you want to help you just raise your hand yeah. or you just jump in and start doing it and especially when i came that was just really easy through the chamber or various boards and committees if you wanted to do something you just jumped in and did it yeah and so that that was kind of how I got into public service was you know was by being on the Chamber of Commerce board and 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 I just kind of fell into those things and then you know you realize well maybe I can help here and I got into <laughs> you know uh, the Arts Commission the mayor asked me to be serve on the Arts Commission I'm going why me well I heard you play the organ and so you can be a good you know yeah you're a musician yeah a you? little bit yeah, yeah nothing yeah. fancy but yeah, yeah, yeah I love music so. okay that's cool so that's kind of how uh, you know our story down. Uh, coming down here and we had two children ages three and two and added three more to the to the wow, herd while and, you were down here yeah while we were down here and um and then uh and you know and now those kids are you know 28 and 27 and, and are they, they here kids. by the way or they, no we i wish they were but not too far. We have a daughter and, and her her husband and a son and a daughter in Tooele. Okay. And we have another daughter and her husband and their two sons in Albuquerque. So a little farther away. Got it. So it, here's here's a question to just jump right into it. Sorry. Is Saint, obviously, St. George has changed a lot the last 24 years. Maybe I would ask you how it's changed, but I'll ask it this way. Is it still that place that you came to, you know, with because I, you know, I we're here, um, you know, often we're building a home here like a lot of people. It is growing and growing quickly. So when I say, you know, I traveled all around the state running for governor, as you know, and came down here to visit you a couple of times. Yep. This is the most exciting and dynamic place in the state. I mean, obviously, there's the point of the mountain and Silicon Slopes. Right. There's some exciting other places, but man, it is hopping in St. George. So how has it changed in the 25 years you've been here? And how do you hold on to the essence of what makes St. George special and why you moved here, et cetera. I'm sure that's a huge challenge for a mayor and the people that are living here now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and Jeff, you know, it is, it is probably our biggest challenge is dealing with growth, which again, depending on how you, how you are and how you feel about it, it's a good thing or it's a bad thing. Yeah. But, um, and keeping our quality of life. And that's really what we're trying to do is, is we're trying to say, okay, uh, to your point, how can we, how can we take the good and, and try to keep the bad from, um, from becoming a problem? And the biggest challenges with that are things like obviously water. 
You know, we got to have enough water to go around and, yeah. and then traffic, you know, it's yeah. kind of another big one that, you know, St. George isn't what it was when you and I were visiting here, going through town or coming yeah. to, for spring break with our families or whatever. But, um, we're trying to preserve and protect as much as we can neighborhoods yeah. and, and to keep that. I, I live in the Bloomington area. Yep. It was once a separate uh, little township. It's part of St. George, uh, yeah. has been for years, but uh, you know, Bloomington hasn't changed a ton. Although we got a Walmart since I've been here <laughs> that changed things. And there yeah. were people that didn't want that, but right. we've been, and my predecessors have been pretty careful to try to say, okay, but how can we keep Bloomington, Bloomington and Bloomington Hills, Bloomington Hills. And, and so we've met with some degree, I think over the years of success there, but, but we, you know, we've made mistakes and we've had our challenges, but I think the key has been, you know, as we grow, we want to keep building the trails and those are by the way, both paved and unpaved and and a lot of developers have now caught on to that and they're making those a part of their uh developments Developments, which is awesome right yeah and great for mountain biking we've um and of course parks we we have um we're not able it's getting harder and harder uh, to have as many parks as close as we'd like to have them to every you know, person, but we still put a high priority on our park system. Yeah. And again, trying to do some more natural elements to those parks. So those are a couple things we've tried to do uh, to, to keep it, to keep that quality of life up. We're trying to stay ahead on traffic. Uh, We have some pretty, pretty big things in the next few years that will hopefully help keep, for example, a river road from becoming a, you know, gridlock, um, the boulevard and bluff street are state roads. You, you may know, and the state has frankly done a pretty nice job of, of measuring, gathering that data and expanding and doing things that we believe will help. Uh, there's not nothing, uh, without controversy when it comes to some of these growth things, such as, you know, building a Lake Powell pipeline. Yeah. Is that going right? to happen? Uh, it's a good question. What do you, th- what do you think? Good, you what know, your feel? I mean, I mean, you can't grow without water, right? This is one of, we had our first gubernatorial debate actually down here in yes. St. George. Do you remember that? Yeah. That was really fun. That was the first political debate I had ever sat at. And, and you did to, well. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I appreciate <laughs> that. Sit next to Spencer and John. It was really yeah. fun. But one of the one of the biggest questions and issues down here is water, the yeah. Lake Powell pipeline. Uh, wh- what is the status of that for those along the Wasatch Front, et cetera? What is the status or people who maybe aren't up to date on it? And how do you feel about it? Is it going to happen? I, I've heard that it's, I mean, it's, you can't grow without water. And yeah. St. George, Washington County is cer- certainly growing. Yeah. Yes. I mean, if so, I'm an optimistic guy by nature. Yeah. You are so too. Yeah. yeah. And, and I can see that uh, <laughs> in you. And thank goodness, because yeah. we need entrepreneurial people and, and, and leaders in all fields that, that have optimism. Uh, Has mayor chipped away from that a little bit? By uh, the or no? It, 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 you know, once in a while <laughs> you can have down days, <laughs> yeah. no doubt about it. But, <laughs> but I am just by nature, I'm pretty optimistic. In fact, it, I'm a good fit, I think, for St. George, because as we've done some a few years ago, we did some branding, some rebranding, and we went through some exercises. And And the person that helped us, uh, the consultant that helped us, a local person who'd spent time on Madison Avenue, he knew his stuff. Yeah. Uh, but he, he helped us uncover two pillars. And one of those, kind of at the base, the, even under the foundation, if you will, of St. George's activity 
and optimism. Oh, I love that. Don't you love that? That's what I feel when I come down here. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons Sally and I are, we love the physical activity. We mountain bike, we yep. wake surf, you know, we, we love the, we hike the physical recreation yeah. and then optimism. I love that. So that's, that's who we are. And cool. I think that that consultant, uh, Glenn Price is his name. I think he really, he, he, he got us. Yeah. He, he helped ca- cool. us capture who we were, yeah, the essence. Yeah. And so his point was everything we do should you know be built on those two principles and and so those are kind of the roots of the tree That's or cool. the the foundation or the piers whatever under the yeah, building so anyway um as it comes to you know things like water uh, there are a couple two main principles with that and that is one i would really like to have a second source yeah we we live uh basically live or die based on the virgin river drainage and it's more than the virgin river it's the santa clara and it's you know and it goes up into the mountains but it's called the virgin river drainage and it's um uh you know the virgin river i don't know if you've looked at it recently yeah i've seen it (laughs) but when it's (laughs) but when it's you know this year we had very little rain this year yeah we had a pretty low uh snowfall uh Although we finished last water year strong, but this year's been tough. So, you know, you've got to have good storage, and we do, and we'll have better storage. We're working on a couple projects as a county through the water district that, you know, we're doing, I, I would say we're doing a, a great job of the storage and, and trying to manage the water that we have. But people talk about climate change and they talk about the effects that obviously could have on our rainwater and snow frankly snow is important for us because it helps charge you know underground and and up in the mountains and it comes down hopefully gradually and uh, anyway if we don't get um if we if we go through these long periods of drought we could really be in trouble the virgin river um unless it's flooding is relatively small and so people talk about well the colorado colorado river where obviously the lake powell gets its water uh, is oversubscribed and and uh, with climate change you know what if it goes down yep good point fair points both of them but utah is entitled to more water than we're using Uh, a couple other states have long used and been allowed to uh, not by agreement, but just yeah. by good graces, yeah. uh, way more water than they yeah, are supposed to Utah be. share, right? That's so right. Yeah. So uh, as they're making improvements, and they are, by the way, some of the other states are making some improvements. I think it's fair that Utah should at least be able to use some more of their water. And frankly, it's the Utah uh, state you know, water folks that approached um, our water district 20 years ago and said, you should be tapping into Lake Powell. And so this is actually a state of Utah project that obviously we're the beneficiary of, but I believe so would the whole state be the beneficiary of. Yeah, that's for sure. And it's expensive. I mean, that's the challenge is how do you pay for that? I mean, you know, we're probably looking, you know, we don't know because until you approve, it's tricky. uh, It's sort of the chicken or the egg thing. But until you approve a project with, you know, at least an idea of what the route is and you get into the, you know, how how big the pipe is and and the, um you can't really get a a tab a handle on what that's going to be but let's just say it's a two billion dollar project that's not chump change no, it's not. you know that's that's expensive and so so the first thing is the secondary source of water would be very important to us it would more than double the water that we have as a county and then secondly it's it's the fact that 
it's more, you know, it's more water. But I think there's a a third principle and that is we know we've always got to be conserving better and we've made great strides there. We're doing last I checked as a County, we're doing better than any other County in the state, but we ought to be. We're, we're dry. Yeah. We ought to be doing a, a better job even than we are. And so we need to do more there, and we are. We're trying to uh, help people understand more the true cost of water, and there will be more. The rates will need to go up, not not just to support a potential Lake Powell pipeline, but to support future projects, if whether we get it or not, and um, and to help us make sure we are managing our facilities, because you got to keep those up. Yeah, we can't forget that Utah's a desert, and yep. while we grow, not just in Washington County, but all along, all around Utah, yep. water is a key resource. And obviously, we had uh, forefathers that went before us and created the great reservoir system that we now benefit from now. What are we doing to look ahead and to be leaders and to prepare for the future? Future. I'm sure that's what you're Absolutely. focused on, and that's what we really need to do. And, obvi- and transportation is another, you know, key aspect that certainly affects people all around uh, this great state. So your background's healthcare. It is, yeah. And you came. Oh, keep going. Well, I was going to say it's really more the insurance side of healthcare. Oh, okay. Although I did some project management uh, for the hospital system uh, down here for about five years. I. It's kind of what you do in, you know, small business or in rural areas. Yeah. You do whatever you're asked to do. And I got asked to help with a little project building a new hospital down here 20 years ago. And I'm going, oh, I've never done that. And they're going, yeah, we know, but you're just going to help. <laughs> you can figure it out. And then yeah. I ended up being the project manager. <laughs> and I'm going, I really don't know what I'm doing. They said, we'll help you from Salt Lake, and but we need you to, to do this. And so it just, it was one of those things. Had I known what I was accepting, I would have said no, but I didn't. <laughs> No, you know, because yeah. they, they only... That's how most things are in isn't life, Isn't it true? Yeah. Totally you true. You get yourself into it, and you don't know what it is. Yep. And, and, you know, honestly, aside from being, you know, husband and father, and now being the mayor, that is the the coolest thing and most satisfying thing I've ever done. And are you still doing that? Because I, by not. the way, okay. So by the way, so are you, by the way, for those of you, I, I'd like to ask you about being a mayor. Yeah. What's it like to be a mayor? I'm, I'm trying to encourage people to get involved in public service. There are a lot of people that are hesitant. Um, and, and that's not a full-time it is not, a full-time job, yeah. <laughs> let's say, in St. George, but it's not like a full-time position. So Correct. what do you – are you retired? Sorry, no, I don't know. I, I still work for Select Health, okay. which is a subsidiary of Intermountain Healthcare, and they are the um, health and dental insurance arm, yep. if you will, of Intermountain yep. Healthcare. So I've worked for them for 30 years. That's okay. been my career. And like I say, I took about a five-year uh, kind of hiatus, and insurance got put on the back burner while I focused focused on this project and a couple related projects. So, so I don't, but now you're back to insurance. I'm back to insurance. I work mostly with physicians and other providers in terms of contracting and, um, and service, you know, trying to help them uh, be happy and, and, you know, and when we make mistakes, fix them. And, and, uh, and then, but I also, I'm actually a licensed health and a life and health insurance agent, although I've never sold a single policy. I work with insurance brokers, agents, producers, we call them, um, on some larger accounts. So I'm kind of what I am down here for select health is a bit of a jack of all trades, master of none, probably, <laughs> uh, that just is the liaison, the 
I, I'm called an operations director for Select Health. But so how do you do that and be the mayor? You know, uh, let yeah. alone be a dad and a, you yeah. know all that stuff. But how do you do that? You know, it's tricky. Obviously, yeah. I mean, today is a great example. Today is a holiday for my government job, so very few people will be at City Hall today. But it's not a holiday for Select mm-hmm. Health. Yeah. That's perfect, actually. <laughs> yeah. So I'm. But I'm they on, can just alternate days exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> and you know, honestly, it means some early morning mornings and some late nights and and um, I try whenever I can to set meetings uh, and events that you know are around lunchtime or that don't in, conflict uh, with with my day job but frankly that's getting harder and harder to do and it's uh, my my mayor's job is easily 40 hours a week yeah. and then I've got my select health job which of course is easily 40 hours a week so so what it means is some weeks one of them wins yeah. and some weeks and therefore days, you know, uh, the other one wins. And so uh, Select Health has been patient with me. Uh, they've, they've given me some support from Salt Lake that, that helps me be probably more efficient. And frankly, in the days of, you know, uh, cell phones and WebEx or Zoom or whatever, you know, Google Outlook uh, or Google, um, what's it? What's the Google one? Um, Hangouts. Hangouts. Yep. Um, all the different methods uh to to teleconference that have been so so important this year have been in one way or another very important for me for a long time and it's really you know for the last uh, 13 years it's how i've done both i've just had to be as efficient as i can and i've had some forgiving bosses and at the same time there are some crossover points you know in a marketing public relations position which is a big part of what i do for select health you know when i go to ribbon cuttings when i go to groundbreakings uh when i'm involved in projects like um uh you can wear two hats. I can wear at the two hats. Hat project, yeah. exactly. You're there so, as the mayor. And yep. you're there. Yeah, that's anything cool. related to health. You know, yeah. exa- you know, for we do uh, a couple times a year bike with pike events. Well, I want to be encouraging that as Select Health. Yeah. And we had a bike share program here for a couple of years, and I got Select Health to, to be a sponsor of that. One of the sponsors. Cool. So you know, we try to to do those things together, and and um, you know, the hospital here. We we only have one hospital at this time in our area, and so um, I try to uh, be careful. There's you know, I have to avoid conflicts of interest. Some people. Um, get concerned with that but that's one of the blessings and curses of part-time legislatures and part-time city councils and yeah they have mayors. to have another job they right? do and and i think there is a benefit for those of you who don't know that we have a part-time legislature in the state we have yes. a lot of part-time mayors there's a benefit and a hard part about that the benefit is these aren't full-time politicians these are public servants that are i think doing these things for the right reasons like you are mayor but it also means they have outside careers it you does. know it's hard they're doing other things to provide for their family which they have to do because their quote unquote political job does not pay the bills. It doesn't pay. Right. And so um, that, that's something that's a healthy tension, I think, a lot of times, but it does cause conflict and problems. It does. And then then there's the fun things like right now. You see, I'm not very well shaved today. Yeah, neither am I. Uh, but, I didn't know we were going to be on camera. This is the first time. The Yes podcast. But that's great. okay because it's it's cool anyway, right? Yeah. And so uh, <laughs> so I it's No Shave November. That's our, right. Our police department is, is sponsoring that. And so I pay to be a part of that and it's a it's a cancer 
uh, yeah. local cancer um, uh, awareness and cancer uh, fundraising yeah. opportunity. And I thought, well, see, there's a way I can support the police department, <laughs> the healthcare side of things, you know, cancer yeah. victims and patients. And, and, and so, you know, and your own mental health. And, oh, Every and time I come down to Southern Utah, I just don't shit. It just feels yeah. good to be down here. That's what I, just, I do when I go to Bear Lake. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Activity and optimism, yep. you know? Yep. So have you enjoyed being the mayor? And uh, what yeah. have you enjoyed about it? What encouragement or what would you say to people who are thinking about getting involved in local politics? Or I, I've loved it. And, you know, my plan is to run uh, for another term. This I'm in the last, well... I'm in the seventh year, uh, uh, so the my the the next year will be the last year of my second term. Yeah. So you know I'm I'm pretty much know how things work at this point. You yeah. would hope. Yeah. Uh, but it's been a great experience. It's uh, you know the reason I ran for mayor, um, even in addition, I was a city council member before that. But I really wanted to be more uh, involved in setting the agenda of the city, and I love planning. I love seeing something and kind of working towards a a vision and goals and then seeing it come to fruition. And I've been able to do that, you know, in city government. So that's fun. You feel like, and you know, on a local level, you feel like you can make a difference in a way that affects people every day. I mean, it's, it's kind of seems, seems, um, minuscule or, you know, even silly, but I'm thrilled when I see on the way today, I saw a road that had been torn up um, because of a water project and it was paved. I'm going, yes, yeah, we did that. One more thing done, you know? And, <laughs> yeah. and so I love to see good things accomplished, a bridge built over the river, and we're going to build another one here in the next five years. And that's and a big a, deal. Yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations. It is those little things that add up too, right? In a community. Yep. It's the little things that each of us can do to make a difference, whether we're the mayor or someone else. Right. Those little things, you know, that road being paved for the for you, for the mayor, that's like awesome. And now people are driving on that road yep. more quickly, getting to places to be more effective and efficient. And it's exciting. Um, what's the future of St. George? So it was funny. I'd come down here and We'd call Washington County rural Utah. That's right. And 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 I think that whatever, half the county or a lot of the mm-hmm. county still thinks of it as rural. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't feel rural. When you're in St. George, <laughs> I'm just trying to, it's sorry. True. It true. doesn't really feel rural. Uh, there are a lot of cars on the streets. There is a lot of activity, so much construction and building. It's unbelievable. And, and a lot of, also a lot of good technology growth on Tech Ridge and anyways, all the parts of the economy that my background is in. And there's a a lot of opportunity down here. What is the future of St. George? What makes you optimistic? What give you know, um, you know, what give us a paint a picture? So to paint the full picture, I have to I have to paint a little bit of the picture of the past. You know, we were very um, very small for a very long time. We were quite isolated until I fifteen was built, yeah. and then suddenly, you know, it's, when was that? Uh, it was in the seventies. Uh, okay, uh, and. Um, uh, early seventies. And so, you know, the next thing that happened was air conditioning, central air conditioning. And so I think, and then the next thing was golf. And so we, <laughs> so you yeah, know, this, the evolution yeah, of St. Yeah, George. <laughs> yeah. And Zion national park, yeah. you know, and, and so you think about, um, what we were was, you know, ranching cattle, uh, very agricultural, although tough place to do some of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so it still is, we got some 
cruddy ground and we got some cruddy water very hard water but some of it's very high in alkali and so we have some challenges and the pioneers faced those immediately and a lot of a lot of them gave up some of my family that was here early on they did they gave up (laughs) Uh, some of them were here in st george and some of them my wife's family were in grafton and if you know where grafton is in their history they got flooded several times and you know some of them just said we're going back to provo (laughs) back to salt lake you know so but and i have ancestors buried here and it was you can just imagine it was tough but so as those kind of key things happened the trajectory the trajectory changed. That is started, so interesting. Started really changing as people came down here and said, oh, we can come down here for golf. A thing called Bloomington, where I live, you know, was developed by, um, by Ivory, uh, by Ellis Ivory. Yeah, uh, Ivory Clark, Clark's, yeah, uh, Clark's dad in the 70s, um, I believe you would, it would be, would have been. And, um, you know, you, they were selling lots for a couple thousand dollars. Yeah, and a little different now. Very different now. And they built a golf course there, a country club, still there, uh, a different ownership now. But those were some of the things that kind of got people to say, hey, this could be, you know, as, as we used to say, uh, where the summer sun spends the winter. Yeah. And so we became kind of Utah's Palm Springs, yeah. although it, it's not quite Palm Springs. Uh, they're they're a lot warmer. Yeah, it's cool here right both now. Both in the summer you know, it's and in the yeah, 30s. it's cold. Yeah, it's cold. Yeah, I mean, my daughter had to scrape her windshield this morning before yeah. she went to high school. So, and she's like, I didn't think this would happen so fast. Yeah. And I said, I know it. Did. You kind of go from summer to winter. It was anyway. eighty-two degrees last week. Oh my gosh! And you now know? it's like thirty-two. It, it's yeah. So yeah. it's it'll be nicer today, you know, in the daytime, but it gets cold at night. So point is, we've we've um, we've kind of gone from a very meager existence uh, with agrarian types of things, you know, agricultural types of things and ranching, to tourism, to golf, uh, and then you know we've gotten more into. Twenty five years ago, when I moved here, the big thing was we've got to diversify our economy. Yeah, and that's sound happened. familiar? Yep. Yeah. So we so we have Scott Hershey uh, was over economic development down here for. 20 years mm-hmm. and he did a fantastic job and those who pre predated me did a fantastic job of attracting a light manufacturing and some oh you know distribution types of places which at that time we really needed now and what we've seen in the last five years is we got to do that again only we got to try to do get some wages a little higher yep. and and how do you do that well one way is tech yeah and so we we found and this wouldn't surprise you but we found we probably had about 75 tech companies here but very small yeah uh, very small not well known not well known yep. and but a few were kind of on the cusp growing, and so yeah. we said hmm let's talk to those those folks so we did we spent a couple of years talking we visited denver to kind of see what was going on downtown denver uh at a couple places we were looking at how do we how do we um how do we foster kind of a a place if if we need to do we need to foster a place that helps us establish a critical mass yeah. uh, a, a um, an ecosystem if you will like you've seen happen in parts of Provo yeah. and then of course Lehigh yeah. Point of yeah. the Mountain and so we, Hey, we're not trying to be somebody else, but we knew that what needed to happen was like in other places. We needed to have a place, at least, at least for now, where, where some of that could happen, where we could say, 
look, if it doesn't work out at Printer Logic, it might at Busy Busy or Zonos yep. or, you know, one of the other tech um, companies here in St. George. And if we can foster an environment where they can and this was their dream that we ad adopted, if you will. Yeah. It was their vision um, to basically say, you know, here's a place and hopefully they'll they'll actually collaborate. Uh, they might even be as they will be in the first building on Tech Ridge, the per first private building. It'll be Zonos and Printer Logic together. Yeah, and exciting. so we hope they'll collaborate at lunchtime. And I'm sure you know this, but they've got a basketball court in the middle of that building. Yep, I do. We hope they'll they'll play ball and yeah. and and so um and we hope that there will also be some place for some incubation yeah. there, there's a little bit of that but we need to have more of that it's all about trying to say it's this is a good place to come or to stay because there are other opportunities if something changes in your life that, or in that company so that you can still be here and you can have the quality of life. You, you're a mountain biker. You can get on a mountain bike and go out your back door. Yeah, it's awesome. And, and we're going to try to do some of that right at Tech Ridge. Yeah, we, awesome. we hope to have some mountain bike park type. Uh, things and we'll have a, a paved trail going all the all the way around the perimeter of the ridge. So we want to have a, a live, work, play, and stay. In other words, some hotel, motel stuff yeah. on Tech Ridge and make it not just not just uh, it, this is for everybody, uh, but it will be fairly um, uh, unique and and very personal for those that that want to live. And, and work and play right up on the ridge or close by. Yeah, it's really exciting what's happening here in St. George and in Washington County. And and for those of you who are wondering, like, what is happening to Utah? We're growing. We have the right density. This is what's happened. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it gives us really a responsibility. Those that have gone before us and, you know, we're all in different spots in this evolution. But those who have gone before us have laid a great foundation, quality of life. They have started businesses that have diversified the economy that they've now harvested and are pouring money back and it be into the community, into startups here, and it becomes this virtuous cycle. So if you're wondering what's happening along the Silicon Slopes, it's innovation plus capital and enough density in the environment or ecosystem, like I would say. And let me just say, the same thing is happening in St. George. They're just, you know, a decade or something yes, behind. That's right. They're 10 years or whatever behind, and they're building that density, and I can feel it, and I can see it, and it's certainly exciting and exciting place well and you know some of your your colleagues your your friends dave elkington and clint betts and others uh have been here and they've helped us they they've spoken many times as you have to various groups that that kind of have helped us coalesce i believe and there's much more to come uh, because of that. And in fact, as I, I'm sure you know, we're a chapter. Uh, we have our own chapter of Silicon, Silicon Slopes, Slopes yeah. the St. George chapter. And, you know, we thought about and some people, you know, thought we should have our own thing. And I said, yeah, but this was driven by by the tech folks. And we we just said, why? Let's tap into Silicon Slopes. Let's acknowledge that, frankly, I hope some of the folks at Silicon Slopes will say, we could have a satellite down there. Absolutely. And, and then we'll see where that goes. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're not going to attract Microsoft yeah. and we don't need to. No. Let's, let's, let's develop our own niche and let's have our own uh, companies. And, you know, frankly, uh, 
hopefully we grow some that will you know stay here want to stay here and and we have some of those folks right now in busy busy and zonos and printer logic and and some new ones uh in in aerospace uh, airborne A- ecs i don't know if you know them i haven't heard oh my gosh we'll tell exciting. you about that but yeah. but we've got some cool um companies already here that are saying Hey, let's let's do this together. And not all of them are, you know, are related, uh, if you will. But, you know, there's various types of tech, of course. And and if they can, you know, utilize some of the same talent or at least benefit from some of the same uh, energy just by being on Tech Ridge. Well, then we'll, you know, diversify locations and they yep. can be in Washington and Hurricane and other parts of St. George. But I think this would be a great place to really kind of help it uh, coalesce and build that, as I said, that critical mass that will help us be successful for many decades to come. And, and you know, as you know, Utah has kind of uh, is known as having lower wages. Well, we have lower than Utah's. Yeah. You know, you need to grow wages. we got to grow wages. And that's a significant problem all over rural Utah. Obviously, it is. Washington County you know, is leading in the upward trajectory of that. But man, in rural Utah, you can be along the Wasatch Front where things are booming and go not too far off that. And there are counties and places that are really struggling with wages and, and amongst yep. other things, diversifying the economy. Yep. So Mayor Pike, you've lived an interesting life, healthcare, you know, public service, family, et cetera. How, how do you sum it up so far? What are, what are some of your key life learnings or, you know, values or whatever that you wake up every day that kind of guides you, um, on, in your life? You know, I was taught by someone whose lawn I mowed when I was a teenager <laughs> up in Salt Lake and his name was Lowell Benyon. And I don't know if you know that name, I, I do know that. but name. he was, uh, he was, uh, uh um, uh, humanitarian. He was a, 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 a dean. I'm trying to remember his role at the University of Utah. And then he went to the LDS Institute system. Uh, but he was a real humanitarian. He started the Utah or, or I don't know if he started it, but he was the director of the Utah Food Bank okay. at that at, at, for a long time. They named the Low Benyon uh, Community Service Center at the U after him. Uh, he was all about helping other people. And I remember, I think he might've even wrote, uh, written, sorry, a book and it was, how can I help? And he taught me, he was one that taught me how to work. He lived down the street from me. Uh, he, I mowed his lawn. I started with his hand mower and he harnessed me with a rope and he guided the lawnmower. I was 11 at the time and I was his horse and, <laughs> and it was kind of funny. And yeah. I told him, really, um, <laughs> Mr. Benyon, I, I can bring my dad's mower down here. And, but I used his for a while and, but he taught me how to work in his garden. It was really more of a farm. And, and I remember him uh, teaching us. He was, he became a church leader of ours and he, he took us to do countless monthly, at least service projects. His whole life was about helping. It was about serving. And, and, uh, I thought, um, if I can be like that at least a little bit and just try to help and uh, you know, I, I'm, not claiming to be the smartest guy in the world. I'm, I'm not going to be the, um, the multimillionaire, uh, billionaire, uh, you know, Bill Gates in the world. But if I can help in some ways and, 
and, you know, earn a, an income that will help me take care of my family, then, you know, uh, that'll be okay. That's awesome. And so that's really what I've tried to do with, with public service and even my, my career. I, I wanted to do something that I would feel good about. And, and while I'm not a clinician, I can at least be on the support side of health care. And I appreciate it. And I appreciate the good work that Intermountain Healthcare and so many other health care um, firms do in our state. We, we have a really good system in, yeah. in Utah because of the, I think, the people behind the care. Yeah, so that's kind of So that's, kinda so that's governed kind me. of, and that's mm-hmm. kind of, I, sh- I assume that's kind of affected your path into public service. Yep. You've been pulled into that, the city council and being a mayor because of your desire to serve. That's, that's what it is. You're not going to get rich doing it. Yep. You know, and that's okay. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, they're different types of richness. Right? That's right. I mean, like, you, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know that, and you've been successful in various ways. Um, and so nothing against, in fact, we need the people that are able to create uh, jobs and create wealth, if you will, yeah. because it helps people, again, provide for their families and be able to live their dreams, not just financial dreams. They're absolutely so, so we need each of us in our, you know, areas of expertise to, to do what we do best and to be unbridled, if you will, to be able to, you know, really reach our full potential. And so, you know, the other thing for me is I've been really affected and impacted by people who, as I see it, uh, are able to, to motivate others, not with fear, but with just good I don't know, good, solid communication. And um, I've been really affected, for example, by a book I read uh, last year um, called Love Your Enemies Mm. by Arthur Brooks. Yeah. You know him uh, or of him. I heard him speak uh, at BYU's graduation a couple years ago. My son-in-law was graduating. I was not there. I, I heard it afterwards but my wife was there and she said you got to hear this guy and his 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 whole focus was about we we don't need to disagree less we need to disagree better Better. and you hear people saying that now boyd matheson said recently you know and and that's I, i don't know if he coined the phrase but it, he got it for me. He, he, he coined it for me. So I love that book and that message. Ben Sass, a senator from Nebraska, wrote another great book. On, it's called Them. Yep. And why we hate each other and how we can whatever yeah. it is. About forget. getting proximate with each other, yeah. close to each yeah. other. Yep. So those have been things that I've thought, again, in my life, I hope that I cannot be, I try not to be divisive. Sometimes as a mayor, that's just going to happen. But I've tried, especially uh, in this election season, for example, I've just said, I may be divisive without trying to be. So sometimes I'm just not going to weigh in. I'm going to hold back a little bit because I want our community to to be whole and to, you know, they're going to disagree, but hopefully we can, like we said, disagree better. We can respect people. I mean, there's so many things that have happened just in 2020 that cause people you know, to struggle. That's for sure. And so those are kind of my couple things is to, to try to respect people, um, to, to show that mutual respect, inclusivity and service, uh, have kind of been the things that I've been trying to, 
um, pattern after other people's lives that I admire. I love that. And I think that you're a great example of those things. So congratulations. And trying. It's awesome. Obviously, no one's life is kind of straight up and to the right. You know, everyone has roadblocks. (laughs) Obviously, this has been a challenging year. We're in the midst of a global pandemic. Obviously, we had a really interesting election last week. What has been some of the hardest things that you've overcome or maybe an experience that you've had that have helped you get better, grow better, buy into your values? Um, What have you struggled with and overcome that might be helpful? Well, for me, probably, you know, this year has been one of the tougher years, I would say for me personally, I mean, even to the extent of my blood pressure and, you know, (laughs) yeah, my health and I've, I've got work to do there. But, um, even when you're trying to, you know, focus on the things we've just been talking about, it's still, it's not easy if you, um, if you feel that you're um, not successful in helping to co- bring people together to bridge the divides, yeah to bridge right. the divides that are just naturally there when you have this pandemic yeah I mean how has St George been handling that you know I've heard some yeah 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 there's better, a strong vocal there is that's been yeah anyways in fact hard. in fact I'm hearing today there's going to be kind of a protest this afternoon on freedom or for freedom oh. and and you know just the protest by nature is really probably in violation of the governor's uh, mandate. mandate the other day and so I've got people saying on one side what are you going to do about that you yeah. should shut that down I'm going well um, where does free speech begin and end folks yeah. and uh, and by the way what what law do I have to enforce? Because uh, there really isn't a law. It's a it's an order. But so it's very that's just a prime example of it's been a tricky year. Yeah. And so those have been probably the hardest things for me this year have been people that I really love and respect who are very vocally opposed to a position that I might be taking. Yeah. And so and, and it gets personal and you don't want it to. But and you always say as a leader, and you know this because you felt it during your campaign. I'm sure is is you don't. Hey, you don't want people to hate you, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and most people don't, right? Yeah. They they don't mean it to be personal, but you still it you still can't help but feel the weight. And so there were some days when really I just was tight in my chest and I was heavy on my, you know, shoulders and I, you know, very physical uh, feeling of, okay, I got to go calm down. I got to go get on my bike. I got to go for a walk with my wife and just kind of let it all air out. And because it isn't worth doing that to yourself. Yeah. There's been so much misunderstanding and jumping to conclusions. You know, I can see we have a little video of this podcast. We're not wearing masks, but what people can't probably see is that we're distanced. There's glass in between us. I mean, this is like the presidential debate here, you know, with glass in between us. And so and it was clean before we came. That's right. Yeah. Sean cleaned (laughs) it all up. Thank you, Sean, before we came here. So the point is though, you, you can really jump to conclusions, especially when public officials like yourself or maybe some someone who ran for governor like me is involved and that's just harsh. We need to give each other the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, yeah. We just have lost that somehow in our society and our culture. I'm speaking generally and yeah. that's really hurtful. I yeah. think that's really bad for our communities is when we don't give each other the benefit of the doubt, we can disagree like, like you've stated and like Arthur Brooks talks about, well, we need to do so without becoming enemies right. and we need to disagree and we need to figure out better ways to disagree, right? Exactly. It's funny. This is something I spoke about with my family, my extended family, brothers and 
father and mother the week before the election. We have a Zoom call monthly, and uh, I just I kind of gave a little thought around because I know there's different feelings, political feelings within my family, which is great. Yeah. We have great diversity, uh, but that doesn't mean we need to hate each other. That doesn't need to be. We need to be unkind to each other. So true, and that's, that's and that that's the thing, and, you know, and and other things that have come up this year, like the Black Lives Matter and yep. related uh, protests. We had some down here. On the whole, they frankly were very respectful, and I appreciate that. Yeah. And and both uh, sides of any issue. I, I hope in America have the right and the, you know, they do have the right, but yeah. I hope they have the, the respect of others to, to, you know, get out and, and, uh, you know, talk about what they believe. And, and again, we don't have to agree with everything. And I might even, this is the other thing I might agree with some points of, you know, whatever it is, some party or some group, but that doesn't mean I agree with everything. But that's where we can really easily just categorize someone and label them and say, oh, uh, they support this, therefore they're bad. Yeah. No, that's and that's true. not helpful. It's not. Know? And so I, I think we need to be fair to each other and, and respect people. And that's part of what's in Arthur Brooks' book. It, there's, a, there's a little vignette, a little story, a, a real-life story that happened between a, a Trump rally and a Black Lives Matter group. The Black Lives Matter group this was, I believe, in New York, came to their Trump rally. And now that could be a recipe for disaster, <laughs> but it wasn't. In yeah. fact, they let someone, the director of the New York uh, Black Lives Matter chapter, come up and speak on the stage. And this is on YouTube. You can go find That's it. Cool. And it was a really cool exchange. Yeah. Now, I don't think those people all parted having like one converts to their side, yeah. but they did part as friends. Yeah. And there were some stories in the book about how that went on. I want you to meet my grandson. That would be an honor. Would you do that? And so you got friends or at least, you know, friendly um, interactions that happened during and after that event because people just said, I see that he's just a person like I am. Yep. And if we could do that, you know, there's, there's a song and I'm a little bit of a musician, not, nothing fancy, but I love to play the piano and the organ and, and I'm very terrible at the guitar, but I do a little <laughs> bit of campfire type stuff and, and I sing a little bit, but, um, there's a song that I've quoted, uh, recently, um, uh, a little, a little bit, and it talks about, uh, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to remember it uh, and, but it talks about how uh, finding out that you occupy somebody else's opposing side on the banks of some great divide, two versions of a dream. Mm. You think about that. That's, that's pretty heavy, yeah. even though it's, those are very common words. But think about it. You know, you and I are probably quite a bit alike, but there are people that aren't as much alike in terms of our beliefs. And even you and I would have some differences. But Think about it. it. Someone that maybe is red as red in terms of Republican red or, or blue as blue Democrat to think that I occupy somebody else's opposing side. I am their nightmare. I am their, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I am, I am ruining this country. Yeah, and yeah. to think that that might be the case, I think the sooner we realize that and that, and that it's okay and we don't have to look at it as quite that serious, you know? Yeah. And yet someone will say to me, how could you like this person? They are pro-life. 
and or how could you like that person they are pro-choice so who's right who's wrong well let's just agree that both are individuals and both have their right to their you know their beliefs and if we can instead as you started out by saying um, find the common find where we are united and let's be uh, that United States of America I love that that's great Mayor Pike, thank you so much for taking the time. Those are great thoughts. I hope that it's been uplifting and inspiring for people to listen to. Last, I'd like to end with this, if I could. And by the way, a good example. You've been a strong supporter of uh, Spencer Cox for yes. governor. I ran for governor. Yes. I came down. I tried to win you over. I it know. didn't quite work out. It, it but, didn't, but I like you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but we're still friends, right? Yep, I mean, yep. that was a bummer to me. I was trying to win over everyone in the state. I ended up losing, and Spencer ended up winning. But, uh, you know we can still be friends and it's okay. And I get it. I understand why people would support Spencer or me or John or right. whoever the case may be. But, um, let me ask, how could we help you? How could our listeners help you? How could the people of St. George, you know, how could we help you? What are you excited about as you look to the near term future? You know, what's on the horizon? Let's end with, let's end with this, how we might be able to help you. So I look at St. George in Washington County as a, as a, um, a, a small, but not so small and definitely a growing economic engine for the state of Utah. So I would say for those that, for those that come here uh, to visit, for those that might have second homes here or vacation here, I hope you'll consider us, you know, an extension of your home, wherever you do live and that, and that you will, um, as you have opportunities to, in one way or another, invest in St. George. I don't mean that financially necessarily. Although it could be financially. It could be. Yeah. yeah. And I hope for those, uh, that have those opportunities that they will, but think of us as an extension of any other part of the state, an extension of the Wasatch Front. We're just a little isolated, but we, I believe, can help the state of Utah. We can help um, in lots of ways. We can help as a recreation spot, but we can also help as a as a growing economic engine of uh, diverse, uh, hopefully more diverse uh, businesses that will help us all to be able to pay for our education system, that will help us be able to maintain the quality of life that we as Utahns expect. I would just would advocate that we're in this together as, as Utahns. We have a great state. I'm really looking forward to what you have to say uh, about some things that uh, uh, Governor-elect Cox has asked you to do. Yep. And I think you have some things to offer there. So let's be contributors uh, statewide. And, you know, for that, why, for that um, matter, nationwide. But we can focus really well, I think, on Utah and invest emotionally, financially uh, with our time and energy in building our state and in learning about other parts of our state. And that's how I believe that you can help St. George and Washington County and by extension, all of Utah. Thank you so much, John. It's been great to be with you. Mayor John Pike here on the Us podcast. It's been exciting the mayor of the exciting and growing dynamic place, St. George, Utah. That's right. And we're recording here in Dixie at Dixie State. Here at Dixie State. It's been Home fun. of the trailblazers. That's right. Thanks so much. Could you imagine being a mayor right now in 2020 with the chaos of the uh, election, COVID-19, a global pandemic? It would not be an easy job. This is a shout out to all the public servants 
in our country and in our state who are doing their very best. Mayor John Pike is one of those. He is the mayor of one of the most rapidly growing and exciting cities in our entire state, St. George, Utah. Many of us know it. We've been there. We've recreated there. I loved his thought about investing in this place. When you come down here, invest your heart, your money, your whatever you can to make this place better. St. George is a great place in our state. I look forward to Mayor Pike continuing to lead here and continuing to make a difference. Remember that when you come down to invest in the community yourself, it's all about the small and simple things, the little things that we do that make our communities better. And we can do that when we're traveling to St. George, when we're here having a good time. And I appreciate John's friendship And I look forward to his continued leadership in the years to come. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Us Podcast with Jeff Birmingham. Please help us grow by leaving a rating and review and subscribing at your favorite podcast platform. Also, tell your friends and share on social media. See you again next week.